welcome to the third annual Movie Ghoul Round, where each Movie Go Round episode leading up to Halloween is spookier than the last. This week's theme is new to two. Hello, everybody. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me for our first Movie Ghoul Round, Nicole Davis, how are you? I am so excited for this. I I've been I've started looking forward every year to us doing movie goal round and I'm super excited and this is David's pick and then there'll be Netflix roulette and then I will get a pick for future classics and then you will get a pick Brett for around the world and then we'll have the you did this to us and the audience will get to pick and it's going to be great. That's right. Also joining us, David Luzader. How are you on this first movie ghoul round of 2020? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm sitting here with my aptly named pumpkin beer. Uh, it's Shipyard's Pumpkin Head. Don't think that's Ooh. relevant at all to anything, but here we are. I'd also like to go ahead and introduce tomorrow's movie. We're doing kind of a five days of Halloween, so you're getting this episode on the 27th and then Tomorrow's episode on the 28th, so you can follow along all this week leading up to the day of Halloween. It's a Netflix roulette pick. We spun the wheel, and we got 1999's Lake Placid, uh, starring none other than Betty White, along with Bill Pullman, Oliver Platt, uh, Bridget Fonda. It looks okay. It might be great. Sure. Uh, well, this week is is a much more, uh, I think, well-known Halloween film, but albeit one that, that myself and Nicole had not seen before. This was David's pick for New to Two. Uh, David, you picked 1988's Pumpkinhead. I'm going to go right. ahead and read a brief synopsis here and then turn it over to you so you can tell us a little bit about why you picked this film. Uh, After his son dies in a dirt bike accident, Ed Harley seeks revenge against the teenagers responsible. With the help of a local witch, I love that line, Ed summons the vengeful demon Pumpkinhead to hunt and kill the group of friends. But when Ed discovers a bond between himself and the creature, he begins to have second thoughts about employing the vicious monster, and he fights to end Pumpkinhead's murderous rampage before it's too late. Uh, David... Why Pumpkinhead? Why'd you bring it to the table? All that good stuff. Well, I first saw this movie in college and uh, and had kind of actually forgotten about it. Just every once in a while, you know, someone bring up Pumpkinhead and be like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Uh, then for this, I originally was going to pick a, a little movie called Extraordinary that I saw earlier this year. It's a great little Irish paranormal comedy. People should check it out. Uh, Maeve Higgins is in it. Uh, Will Forte. It's a funny little film. But in between me seeing it and this time, Brett <laughs> had to go see it. So I had to think through all my horror movies that uh, I have seen that either of you two have not seen, which is a very short list. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised to discover that neither of you had seen this weird little cult classic slasher film, Pumpkinhead. So that's why it's here today. Yeah, extraordinary. I'll also drop a ref, uh, drop a recommendation in there as well. We saw that at a drive-in theater this season, and uh, it was super fun. Uh, but this was fun in its own unique way. Let's start 
right from the top of this, uh, Nicole commented about the creepy harmonica. or the, No, harmonica is taking away from the ominous music. It's not particularly creepy in the opening credits, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the opening credits just jump right in there. These deep red flames just sort of explode into being. And then you've got pumpkin head, you know, and big glowing letters over the red flames. And then they run the credits over the fire and this like, dark chorus oh you know going in the background and then you're womp, womp, womp. Yeah, here i can do a little folly workout my dash just like turns to the like in the background and you're like what is this I, I was exactly i'm like what the what what yeah but of course it's shorthand for we're going to i'm assuming it's supposed to be appalachia right or some kind of you know like hick Hill country, um, neighborhood like that. area, wherever you know where the the locals Hill country are, neighborhood are area. Backward, but it's okay. You know, it's just like ah, uh. so, yeah. So, so there's the intro sequence which shows you uh, Ed Harley Young, and he's and he's experiencing the demon of Pumpkinhead, and then he's older in the '80s with his own son. And what kills me is that, like the first 20 minutes of this movie. I mean, just like any other horror movie, uh, it, it's not a knock against it. It's just like the soundtrack from the beginning of Princess Bride, where it's like, and they lived happily on the farm, and it's just like do 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 do, and it's just him doing wholesome things with his son. Yeah, it's like these are the good times before the bad times come. Right. So you have to see how much he and his son love each other. Right. And how- what a great life they have before it all goes down the toilet. <laughs> yep. So it goes down Thanks the to toilet. Them city folk. <laughs> Damn right. city folk. All the city folk I own I know own dirt bikes and and trailers to, you know, lug them out into the countryside. Uh so yeah, these kids show up and 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 they're they're presume they're teenagers, uh, except the one that I referred to in our docket as uh what like shitty American young Mel Gibson, which I believe his name is Joel in the in the movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Kind of looks like a young Mel Gibson, except just it's a little bit off. And he's horrific and I hate him. He's the worst character in the movie. Um, (laughs) But he's also like in his 30s. The rest kind of can pass as high schoolers, I think. He, I don't think they're supposed to be high schoolers necessarily, but they're they're young people with poor judgment. Okay. (laughs) Right, right. These are like, maybe these are the college kids that are getting away from the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always the cabin, right? They're going up to the cabin to ride dirt bikes and Appalachia, and they accidentally hit uh, young Billy, I want to say. His name's Billy. Yes. His name's going to be Billy if it's not. Okay. Um, (laughs) They hit Billy, and what is the most, like, just anticlimactic death scene I think I've ever seen? (laughs) He just kind of, like, he just kind of, like, falls to the side (laughs) after getting hit by a dirt bike. He doesn't die right away. Like, it's a little bit horrific because he gets hit by this bike. So we've established there's Joel, who is kind of like the de facto leader of this group because he's an annoying ass and everyone kind of bends their will to him. I did appreciate a little bit when they show up first and he's like, look at the kid with the Coke bottles. And they're all like, why do we hang out with you? It's like, that's a great (laughs) question. You should have asked that before you agreed to this trip. Uh, and then, like, they hit the kid, and the kid, like, 
is alive for like another hour at least. It's a it's a slow, painful yeah. death. Yeah, I guess they must be way out in the country because dad decides to take him back home instead of to a hospital or right. even like a clinic anywhere. There doesn't seem and to be a, a broken child with a wet rag. No. Right. <laughs> he just, yeah, he's like, let me just clean the dirt off your face and you'll be good to go. We're the only. Oh, and there he goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're the only people in this little town who know what a bath is. And like, right. but I mean, he doesn't die. Like, oh, go ahead. No, he doesn't die right away. He, he clings to life. Uh, but I mean, the thing that I actually really liked right off about this movie is um, that the teenagers don't act like teenagers in a slasher film usually do. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody immediately runs to get help from the roadside grocery they go to look for a phone to call an ambulance there's no phone and so they send a group of the people out to the cabin to go call for an ambulance or call a hospital or something while one of them stays behind with the kid so they don't leave the kid alone Mm -hmm. you know most other horror movies they'd all be like oh shit and they'd all take off and you know hope they weren't discovered and all be in on trying to protect the guy um, who actually hit him with his dirt bike, which of course is the, you know, the douchiest guy is the one who actually hit him. Um, Mm -hmm. But everybody else pretty much tries to help. There's one of the girls sees the boy, you know, running out after his dog and she takes off after him to try to catch him. Yeah. And I feel so bad for her. (laughs) She is traumatized. Right. She has it. She has it pretty rough. The the girl that just spends the next 20 minutes of the movie, just like flailing everywhere and and actively crying. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Maggie. That's the one who tries to catch him. These are, these are teenagers that are not being punished for, and we keep saying teenagers. These are young people who are not being punished for being young. Right. Like that's kind of the trope of slasher films where it's like you had sex. Mm, Sorry, you're going to get murdered now. It's like, yeah. you know, you know, one douchebag. Well, sorry, you're going to be hunted by a vengeance demon. <laughs> right. Even if you don't like him, you're still going to get hunted down by the vengeance demon. Yep. Right. Because, so. you know, David, you put in our doc that, you know, you felt bad for most of these teenagers in a different way than you normally feel bad for teenagers in slasher movies. And yeah. I think that speaks to it. Like, like Nicole also put in our doc that like once we get to the demon and we'll unpack that separately in a minute uh the people who die first are the ones that did the most help like joel's younger brother i think his name chris in the movie like he's the one steve steve sorry younger brother uh he's the one that stayed behind and tried to help the kid and like like was arguably the most responsible no because he was on one of the bikes not definitely one of the least responsible but he tried to own it and like he's trying to help and uh and he he goes quick (laughs) uh yeah. In fact, I believe Joel dies last. He Well, yes, he's the last one. Of the to, people who die, yes. Right. Because <laughs> right. uh, there, there's the other two that are hunted for quite a while. Um, I think uh, the la- I don't remember who the last two survivors are, but the last guy that's alive is like in pretty bad shape. And as we've seen, yeah. there's no doctor <laughs> or hospital. So somebody's going to wipe that kid's face with a rag and he's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Chris, Chris kind of gets the the worst of it of the people who survive and 
I don't know if you guys recognize Chris, but from way, 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 come back with me, way back <laughs> in the Wayback Machine to the very first episode of Geek Cinema Society. Oh, dang. I'm looking it up right now. And that actor right there is uh, Jeff East, who mm-hmm. played young Clark Kent in yeah. the Superman movie. Yeah. Onward and upward. And like, this is pretty much the only other thing he's well known for. Yeah. Yeah. That's, man, that's crazy. You know who else is in this movie? Blossom. I do. <laughs> Blossom. Blossom's in this movie. I didn't recognize <laughs> it's her. movie role. <laughs> so this was even pre beaches, you know, which was kind of my Bialik's uh, big breakout uh, role as a child star. Here she just played Dirt Child number three. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I the think Dirt Children. Wallace kid. Right. But yeah, you might as well call her Dirt Child number three because that's. Uh, the, 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 the backwoods people. I love that, like, oh. you know, you know how they're backwoods people? It's because they're all just so dirty, just covered in dirt head to toe. No one yeah. is ever, like, washing their face ever. Yeah, they live in their little dirt shack shanty village where it's they're all related and uh there's like i don't know 20 kids under 18 probably right. something like that there's just overalls there's for miles <laughs> yeah so yeah and it's just like ah oh, do you have to jimmy joe you done bad y'all know what settles on badness hey. don't you pumpkin head Pumpkinhead. You all stop. There ain't no pumpkinhead. What about old Mr. Foley? He moved away. Uh-uh. Pumpkinhead got it. Teared off his head and drank all the blood. Do you have to, I mean, you know, this is poverty out straight out of, who's that photographer who took all the pictures like in the dust bowl? Oh, boy. The, the, the family, she's a female photographer. Oh, I know. Like you're referring to like the really famous picture. Dorothea yeah. Lang. Yes. Lange. So these right okay. out of Dorothea Lang photos there. This is, you know, dirt poverty from the thirties that's supposed to be taking place in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And yeah. really a kind of more accurate portrait would be more like winter's bone in terms right. of what that kind of poverty looks like. Uh, in more recent days yeah there it, it's it's a version like they're you know they're not they're not full-on hick in the way of like we don't want your kind around these parts like they're not speaking with that kind of like twang but they've got all the other trappings of everybody's yeah, wearing overalls and yeah they're very insular you know the poor the youngest kids get the crummiest clothes because they've been handed down seven times um, yeah, and yeah, and they're dirty all the time, and they have names like what was it, Hesse and Bunt, uh, Bunt, <laughs> and, and Scratch, Joe Bob. Oh, we know Scratch is Joel. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah Joe Bob, and yeah. Oh, uh, and then the gra- grandpa looks about 35. <laughs> the right. guy they call grandpa. Oh yeah, they don't yeah, even like- bother making his hair gray. You know, the right. guy who's supposed to be his son looks maybe eight years younger than he is. You know, they uh, 
it's just not well handled. <laughs> they no. could have they could have been no. a little less broad in the characterizations here. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. But you know what? We're not here that's for my biggest complaint. <laughs> we're not here for that. We're here for Pumpkinhead, and he does show up yeah. uh when he gets summoned. I suppose we'll talk about the summoning first. So after the kid finally well, dies. He shows up in the he shows up in the cold open. Yeah. Right. We get to right. see monster right off in the first five oh, minutes. I want to. I want to talk about that cold open and and, and uh, because there's there's a shot that really tickled me when we were watching this. And you, you see Pumpkinhead killing a guy, and Pumpkinhead's not quick about it. He he savors it. Uh, <laughs> and there's a scene where he like grabs the guy and he throws him, and then he grabs him and he throws him the other way. But the shot they use of the guy like going from left to right when they then have him going from right to left is just the same shot but mirrored. They just <laughs> it, it's it really tickled well, me. I'm like stunt man threw it twice, you know. Right. It's like oh, we're <laughs> this is the tone we're setting for this movie, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and he, they show up. So after the kid dies, uh, Ed Hardy, as I, I started calling him halfway through the movie, Ed Hard Hardly. What's his name? Harley. 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 But yes, I, Ed every time he's Ed Hardy. I would, <laughs> Like Hardy, nope, not right. Yeah, he so he shows up to his local witch, as our summary says, um, as one does, and and they do the whole like song and dance of like you got to pay a heavy price, and he's like, I'll pay the heavy price. He's like, it's heavier than you think, and like they go back and forth like that three or four times until he finally just gives her coins, uh, which don't seem to be any denom. I don't know, they don't seem to be any denomination. Er I, I did some research on this, and they're actually silver dollars uh, okay. that Lance right. Henriksen went out and got himself. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, to add to the character, he, it was also his idea to get the denture plate for his upper teeth. So that's why, like, one of his front teeth is chipped and kind of they're a little more sticky outy than they normally are. Right, man, it'd be wrong to come to you. You called upon this thing. In that man's name and that man, he'd be avenged. What you ask? Got a powerful prize. Yeah, so so she tells him that, you know, I can't bring your kid back, but I can help you get revenge with, with Pumpkinhead. You, you can go dig Pumpkinhead up in a graveyard, and I can reanimate him, and he can go kill these kids it's for you. It's not He's, a graveyard. It's a pumpkin patch. But it's also a graveyard. Irrelevant. There's pumpkins involved. <laughs> and that's the only pumpkin in the movie. So that's my elephant in the room. Is that why are we calling him Pumpkinhead? Because he comes from a pumpkin because patch. Because it's a pumpkin patch. And it's like it's like it's you know, it's a the child story that they tell to scare you. Except it's I also guess. totally real. Right, right. Because like he looks more like and, and of course of no surprise of, of any of us, uh looks more like an alien from Alien because all the people that worked on this movie worked on Alien. So these were like all the ideas they couldn't use on Alien. Well, hold the, all right, you're throwing some real shade at Stan Winston here. And I <laughs> I mean, I'm it's a scary not- it's a, it's a really scary like demon. Like it holds up shockingly well. It is, yeah. Well, well they I think I think a couple of them worked on Aliens but weren't in it, but the um the guy who's wearing the pumpkin head suit was actually the xenomorph in Alien 3 and Alien right. Resurrection. Mm. 
Right. And and then you also so. had Stan Winston who had who had who cut his teeth on, you know, the Predator films and Aliens and that sort of thing. And Terminator movie like Stan Winston is the He's man. A legend. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it, it holds up really well. When I say it's like ideas pulled from what they couldn't use in aliens. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade in that sense, but it does seem like this hodgepodge of what kind of looks like the alien, like a little bit. Well, the the leg articulation and the length of them are very alien. They're very xenomorph. Those legs. And it drools. I I noticed, but when it started drooling, I was like, ah, there's the alien right there. It drools, but I mean, it's got a beautifully articulated face. It does. The face is great. And it's got like a cool tail. Yeah. And I mean, it can snarl. It can smile. It can look smug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which it does. (laughs) It's very expressive. Yeah, it's incredible. They had all sorts of cables and radio-controlled stuff under the latex of the face. Yeah, what what budget this movie had obviously probably went mostly into that suit, and I would say it paid off. Absolutely. I think it still looks great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this becomes the cult classic that it apparently is without that suit holding up as well as it does. Cause it's, it's still, it's still freaky. This is still a scary movie a little bit. Um, and I also think the other part of that is that just, I thought the cinematography and the set design was very, just perfect elements of classic Halloween. You know, there's a spooky blue tinted graveyard with a ton of fog. And then there's the orange hues all over the witch's home that has an owl in it and lots of spooky things in the background. And it looks like you're walking into, you know, a spirit Halloween meets, meets the haunted mansion. And it, it was just all the right levers are being pulled for me there in terms of just how Halloween it looked. And like, as Nicole put in our docket as well, like it almost looks like it's out of a haunted attraction, like the haunted house, like not necessarily the actual outdoors. Like you don't see graveyards looking like that, but it works for the movie really well. Yeah. And, and we've got the, the old witch. Her. I love her so much. I mean, I, I love like it, and I love the way this movie leans into its tropes without like winking at the camera about it, because she is like she isn't just all made up, right? Like she's wearing prosthetics. I think I read that her costume weighed like sixty some pounds, yeah. and she's yeah, got to like three hours to put the makeup on, and it pays off. It looks great. Oh yeah, absolutely. It does but look it's awesome. Her attitude. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love so much. I was like, <laughs> I kind of want to break this down, Nicole. Where you said you want Haggis to be your grandma, and I'm like, let's. I want her to be my grandma. I don't <laughs> want to. Let's dissect you know, this. I want to be able to tell a better, creepy story about my grandma than my grandma had skin as thin as tissue paper on oh. her hand. Oh, oh no, that's creepy so though. That's creepy. She washed my hands with them, which is the story that Ed tells at the beginning to his son, and I'm like. That would freak me out so bad. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, and the wholesome and Princess Bride a, intro. That's a real story. That is a story from Lance Henriksen's own life. It's a fond memory he has of his grandmother. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but he wanted the kid to have, like, heritage. You know, he wanted some some backstory for... I don't know. Like yeah, because I'm really feeling family. the heritage of uh, of this family uh, of the oh the Harleys. God. But yeah, so yeah, but Haggis is she's like creepy in a super genuine way, you know. 
Yeah. But she's made a deal. You know, it's very clear. She's made some sort of pact with the devil and she's cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, cause she's, she's been like the age she is now ever since Ed was a, a little kid. Like that's kind of like the implication. At least. She's always <laughs> kind of been around mm-hmm. and, uh, but she's got that, just that great way of talking. That really yeah. sets that character. Ed Harley. Yes. Right. It's never just Ed or Mr. Harley. It's, you know, it's the full name. Come for Ed Harley. <laughs> I do love that. That as I, I just recently learned this a couple minutes ago, <laughs> that Pumpkinhead 3, because 2 is just kind of a detour, Pumpkinhead 3 <laughs> brings back, first of all, Lance Hendrickson, and Yay. has him play himself his mummified self we'll get to that later where the townsfolk uh like bring pumpkin head back to life through him um because a mortician a local mortician is stealing their loved one's organs and they want to kill him with pumpkin head (laughs) and i want to see that movie that sounds great that's pretty bananas yeah yeah, yeah, it's like Pumpkinhead Three, like Two Terror to Handle, or whatever the name is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Haggis is like a bunch of tropes that come up in, uh, like Cabin in the Woods, for example. She's sort of the harbinger and like a sorceress in one package. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and she's you know she's given that that description to Ed Harley where it's like, yeah, I can do this for you, but like the price is pretty steep, my dude. Now I'm paraphrasing, obviously, <laughs> say my dude, uh, but that's just the general feeling. And I, uh, I like, I you know this movie is not. <laughs> I don't think Roger Niebert were giving it two thumbs up in, in its in its heyday, <laughs> but I think it's these little things. You know, we're talking about like the like the creature design and some of the set design stuff, and her like it's just these little bits and pieces all tied together uh, with the great Lance Hendrickson, who we haven't really talked about, that really kind of like make it all work. Yeah. Yeah, and when he comes back later to try to undo what he's done, she's she mocks him. Yeah, like you she's idiot. Like, what do you think it was gonna be neat and clean and easy? <laughs> it's like I can't stop it. It's gotta run its course. <laughs> God damn you! And he's like, he already has. Oh, so right. good, so I cheesy, but it so good. So oh, there are so many lines in this movie <laughs> that you know that whoever wrote it wrote it and just sat back and said, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that being one of yeah. them. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, especially for a script based on the, a poem, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just based off the chant that the kids do near the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah. So, I think it's funny though, because the 1980s in particular had this, this like trend in film of just so many popular horror films being, like and, and we do this now still, I suppose, with our Netflixes and our you know asylum films of the of the of the year, but just taking ridiculous horror films and making B versions of them and doing them throughout the eighties, and this was like a trend. Like my local movie theater is doing a drive-in this year, this October, where it's all um, they show the movie and then they show the bad. B movie knockoff of it. So they're doing Friday the 13th and they're doing, uh, you know, the Texas chainsaw and all these various films. And this is like one of those where it's like, it's a clone. Like this is basically Friday the 13th with a different coat of paint. 
in so many ways. Um, but it's mm. actually really fun and decently good. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I think only in the sense that one, they're out at a remote location and two, you know, these young people are being picked off one by one, but it's also, it's a creature movie, I think more than a slasher. And the, the demon is sentient and clever and malicious and enjoying what it's doing and it plays with its victims and it's got a sense of humor yeah it's a very it's a very ugly sense of humor but it's got a sense of humor well i i will say that uh brett is not the the first to have said that because i i don't have the name of the reviewer here but uh in a in a quote from the empire review they called it a Friday the 13th clone with little atmosphere and no surprises, which Aww. I think that's, part of that's not true. They are it's wrong. drooling atmosphere. I, yeah. I, that's my favorite part of this movie is the atmosphere. Uh, but yeah, I, I suppose the extent of that comparison kind of lives and dies on the whole like kids go into a cabin and get killed one by one in the forest. Um, but again, like we talked about this already a little bit, but you kind of there's there's that lesson to be learned about why the the reckless kids are getting killed um whereas this is like a couple of them make a bad decision a really bad i mean they kill a kid i mean it's bad um yeah but in, in circumstances that i don't think would actually kill a kid but that's a whole other separate discussion it's, yeah it, it, it depends <laughs> yeah um well, if, yeah but if like the they, bike they, hit him directly on yes but it right. seemed to kind of just graze him yeah, he just kind of grazes and just like goes, ah, and like kind of falls to the side a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, other than that, like they, they do act differently, like we've talked about, than different horror movie teenage groups, right? Um, and the demon just doesn't care. It's it's indiscriminate in its killing where it goes for the people who tried the help the most first. And Joel yeah. is, is left toward the very end. And yeah, that's... and it kind of teases you. It makes you wonder because... Maggie is a Christian and this Mm -hmm. is brought up because, you know, she's kind of gone catatonic and out wandering and her boyfriend, Steve, you know, holds up the cross that she's wearing around her neck. And she's like, you've always gotten your strength from this, you know, look at it, really focus on it. Come back to me. I need you. And she's like, Steve, Steve. And you wonder if like, because she's a Christian, is she going to be protected from this demon? And of course the answer is no. (laughs) <laughs> not five no. seconds and later the, steve just gets wrecked <laughs> yeah steve gets wrecked and you know the demon is goes and when maggie is shocked and screaming about it he picks her up by the head which is his mo is picking mm-hmm. people up by the head and yeah. dangling them in the air <laughs> um and then he, he, he rips heads he, off well and he and then he carves a cross into her face yeah yeah, he's he's completely mocking her. And then he rubs her face against the window, like oh. to torment her other friends. Like he's so good. <laughs> I thought of it as like he's using her as a puppet and he's like, Hey guys, come outside. We're having a party. You know? Smash. And it yeah. has that folly effect of like the squirt, 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 squirt. <laughs> her face yeah. is just kind of just washing being the window pushed with against her face. the window. There there are some really like 
good like in in slasher film tradition there are some semi creative deaths because like uh like joel when he gets killed oh he yeah. gets killed with a gun not in the way you'd suspect he gets nope. stabbed with a gun and run through and then he like, yeah. gets lifted into the air by pumpkin head yeah yeah gets impaled by his own rifle it's great <laughs> kind of yeah joel joel no no joel you don't know if it's dead Dead. Can, can we also but, talk I mean, about like rubbing Maggie's face on the window? Did it? Didn't it remind you of Suspiria? Oh yeah. The original, oh yeah. Taylor holds her her face against the glass and then shoves her through it eventually. Yeah, so. definitely. I, I also I also want to talk a little <laughs> bit about like before Pumpkinhead shows up, these kids think they killed. They killed this kid or hurt this kid. They actually don't know that he's killed until later on. Yeah. They know um, they hurt him. They know they hurt him. But so so Joel runs away saying like, this can't be on my rap, man. I'm, I was drunk and I already have hurt a different person on a, on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> this is like just a there was another thing. accident where he yeah. hurt another person. This is the third kid I've killed this week. I can't, <laughs> I can't but, go but to that's, jail. That's how he treats it. He takes his friends up to the cabin, like beats them up when they just want to get held hostage, takes yeah. them hostage. His little brother's like, Hey, I'll take the fall. Don't worry about it. We're the only people who witnessed it. And he's like, ha, no. And then locks them in a closet. Like, and- <laughs> And then has a heel turn just before Pumpkinhead shows up. He's like, I'm done screwing up. It's time to right. get my life. And it's like, where did that just come from? Literally like, three seconds before Pumpkinhead shows up. He's like, he hurt know? this kid, and that's oh, bad. But he goes zero to 60. He goes zero to 60 on his friends, and it's not cool. Yeah. Uh, definitely the worst friend of the bunch. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about Lance Hendrickson, because like David said, we we haven't. I, and he's in this, and he is tireless, as David says in our docket. He's well. I, that that was more referring to how much this guy works. Like Lance Henriksen, yeah, he, he loves to work. This mm-hmm. like he has two hundred thirty plus credits on IMDb, and this year alone has been you know. And it's like it's, it's he does a lot of voice roles and stuff like that, but he's still you know been in like ten things this year, and uh, I, I can't wait for bring me the head of Lance Hendrickson to actually get released. If it ever does, it's been well, talked about for over 10 years. He is, if not at 80 pushing it right now, yeah. he was 48 yeah. when they made pumpkin head. Yeah. When that came out. But so, I, th- and I mean, good for him in great shape. He's ripped. You see him with his shirt off at the beginning, like torching the weeds with his flamethrower. Cause mm-hmm. that's how you deal with weeds on the farm. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> and this was, this was just post aliens. So I think that may have yeah. actually helped this movie a little bit is, you know, riding a little bit on the, the coattails of that. Um, but well, I think yeah, he, aliens near dark and then pumpkin head. But I think he's, you know, He's good for for what this movie is giving him to do. I really he's, I really like him. He's, uh, See, I think he leans into it. I like like goddamn you witch. Well, like it's great. Yeah, that, That's I think yeah. leans into it a little too hard with <laughs> the witch. <laughs> Maybe that's what I like about it is that when he shows up and he's repeating everything over and over and just yelling at her. I'm so yeah. here for it. It's just so bad. It's just wrong. 
wrong. It's, it's wrong. Right. It's it's Daniel Day Lewis uh, in that scene in um, <laughs> oh uh, what's what's the one with the there will be blood where he's like right. I I abandoned my boy I abandoned my child but you know without the subtlety of uh, Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a lot of that, and like they try to play with the his redemption is not his redemption, but his 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 regret is is very quick. Like he has a very brief vision of his dead son being like, Hey dad, that wasn't cool. And, uh, and then he realizes he is connected what'd spiritually do, to Pumpkinhead. Yeah. The what'd you do daddy? Uh, and then that's it. And then he's, and then like within 10 minutes of, of resurrecting Pumpkinhead, he is fighting Pumpkinhead. Uh, I do love the idea that at the end of this movie, whoever essentially, whoever seems to, resurrect Pumpkinhead just kind of becomes Pumpkinhead? Is that what they're trying to tell us? Yeah. That is I love I mean, it. It's it's you you reap what you sow is yes. kind of the whole idea of this creature right. in the mythos. It's like, all right, you're gonna get your revenge, but it's gonna cost you your soul. I loved it when I realized that the demon was starting to look like Lance Henriksen. Well, yeah, he was starting to look the demon. Blade of a nose and the same lines in the face. And Lance Henriksen gets the, the, I don't even know what to call the eye effect that's going on. <laughs> Those creepy, <laughs> creepy eyes. eyes. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, yeah, like just these giant monster eyes and snarling and it's, it's uh, <laughs> you know, and Tracy, the, the final girl, um, it's just, she takes one look and she's like, she bugs out immediately. She's like, nope, not hanging around here. Bye. See ya. <laughs> and I, I love that they gave her like, you know, the, the flamethrower was ineffectual. Uh, there's just like a couple of great little things about this creature that they're just like, no, nah, he's invincible. Like just deal with it. Yeah. You know, like uh bunt. That was the kid's name. Right. Is like, yeah. I'm going to take you to a church. Cause I'm pretty sure it's a demon. It won't like a church. And public head's just like, nope, here I am. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, she gets the flamethrower and like, and you know, gets the, the, the badass moment of lighting it up. And it's just like, Nope. Pumpkin has just smoking a little bit. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah. And yeah. good. <laughs> good, good try. My hands were cold. You know? <laughs> Very sporting. Another bizarre instance yeah. of like the, of, of the shoehorning in the hillbilly stereotypes of saying like they came up here to the mountains and tried to start a congregation, but they believe some scary things and everything went bad. Uh, when he went, takes them to the abandoned church. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, usually when churches are abandoned, they deconsecrate the ground. So it's no longer considered holy. Um, just so that you're up not to date on that. letting a holy place fall to ruin, you know? Um, so, but I don't think Bunt knows that. Dave like, Rapper, I mean, there. it'll be good. <laughs> well, what a scene! There's nowhere else to go because he's uh, just a, yeah, he's just a backcountry boy. Didn't right. have no book learning, <laughs> no fancy book learning. Right. He's smart enough to hold out for ten bucks though before telling Ed where the uh, where the witch lives. Yeah, I found it so interesting that they used money. I mean, I, what, what else would they use, though? I don't know. Like, they're in this, and so they're like, where are they getting the money? I mean, Ed runs a grocery. D- yeah, know, okay, not Ed. I mean, like the, the the hillbilly family. He's selling. He's selling some sort of. Like, <laughs> he's selling a farm. 
Maybe selling one of his 20 children. <laughs> yes, that's right. The farm, the farm is a child farm. He's <laughs> every They're free range. On so, name out of a hat, take it down to the market. <laughs> yeah, but does it also kind of ruin the the campiness that made this a cult classic? Does it kind of ruin it if you get any more sense of place than what they give you? Because they don't give you a ton, and that lets you just kind of build this world of pumpkin head in this empty space in the middle of nowhere. I don't want there to be connections to the outside. I want it to just be insular. Its own little world. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. this yeah, takes I mean, place. It could be. I mean, I think part of the reason it's so. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think why it's got its cult status is, you know, some, the campiness of it, some, cause it's actually fairly smart. Yeah. You know, it, it is. And it, it, it subverts a lot of the tropes and yeah. because the creature still looks great to this day. So, yeah, you know, they did such a good job that it's still a, a believable, yeah, you know, being all of its own with its own personality. Yeah. I think there's something too to that, like being it a little bit out of place because, you know, you, because there's like all the urban legends of like that creepy thing that happened in the, in the backwoods. Like you can kind of a little bit just like, Oh, imagine this is like the story that you hear of the crazy things happening in the woods in insert state here. Right. Yeah. No, it's an excellent urban legend or, you know, the rural legend uh, that you can tell it's a folk tale, mm-hmm. you know, something passed down from father to son and from older kids to younger kids. How much and every now and then, you know, the demon actually shows up to reinforce right. that. I was going to say, how much revenge is happening in, <laughs> in the, the backwater? Well, I mean, the last time Pumpkinhead showed up was, you know, 1957, apparently, unless the story about uh, Mr. Foley is true. So Joe Bob says he moved away, but maybe not. <laughs> Ooh, maybe he moved into the pumpkin patch. Ooh. So, yeah, but yeah, uh, and, and also it's looking not at as good as I wanted it to be, but it's way better than I feared it would be. And it could <laughs> I really happen. Enjoyed this. I watched this twice in the past week. Um, so I mean, I had a I had a good time. I mean, this thing is really well paced too. It just moves right along. Oh yeah, eighty minutes 80 long. Minutes, yeah. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought it was going to be so campy, and 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 I think as we've observed endlessly, the how well Pumpkinhead himself has held up is is really just a testament to the to the amount of creative energy and talent that went into a movie like this, and and also mm-hmm. like when looking at photos of the more recent Pumpkinhead films, uh, it, for example, Pumpkinhead three, which is the one I want to see with the mortician stealing people's organs uh they did cgi pumpkin head for parts of that movie and it looks really bad and like i want to see it because it looks bad don't get me wrong but like i'll drop this in our slack here and just google you know pumpkin head three if you want to see what pumpkin head looks like but it doesn't look nearly as scary um and and i think that this is one of those interesting instances that we've discovered you know with a lot of our classic films it just holds up better sometimes when it's the puppet or when it's the CGI rubber. I mean, not CGI when it's a non CGI rubber dude in a mask. It looks like, yeah, this pumpkin head three one looks like ancient 
Aunt Gladys getting out of the bathtub. It's just not. <laughs> oh, I don't want that image. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's, it's weirdly well it's weirdly like over designed almost. Yeah. Like all the veins in the needles, head. Too many. Yeah. Too much shading. It looks like the same route that aliens and predators went down. Like there was a point for both the aliens and the predator where years and years after the fact, uh, at least to me, they lost a lot of their luster because they became CGI. They became hyper realistic to a point where they no longer felt real. If that makes any sense. Like they spent so much time trying to do that stuff that it ended up looking faker than you might intend. Yeah. I think it, yeah, I think you end up uncanny Valley. Right. Exactly. Making something that's so overbuilt that you you just get a sense of artificiality off of it. Yeah, you you somehow you somehow go uncanny valley with a creature that was already not real. Yeah, <laughs> and, and strangely and t- enough, and time has taught us that it does not matter how good your CGI is. Ten years from now, it might look kind of weird. And oh, yeah, yeah. That's what we've seen. So, so yeah, I, I, I really did enjoy this. Shout out to Mushroom, the dog, who goes by Gypsy in this one, no. who is also the dog from uh, Gremlins. Yeah. No. He did all no, of his own that is stunts. that a bad dog. That kid is dead because of that dog. <laughs> oh. oh. I, I mean, but his name is Mushroom. How cute is that? His no, real the name. The dog goes out tearing out after the dirt bikes and the kid runs to fetch him back and that's when he gets run over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. No, you're <laughs> not wrong. Gypsy not Gypsy so, not the greatest dog. Mushroom. Gypsy is a good bad dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> so he won't land on our top five list next time we do that. Uh, visit Movie Go Around online <laughs> to find that. But uh, let's wrap up. David, any final thoughts on your new to two pick? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, if you're looking, you know, for this holiday season, looking for <laughs> something maybe you haven't seen a million times before, but isn't going to scare you too much. You know, you got, you got that friend that, uh, that, that can't handle scary movies. Watch this. Cause you'll have a good time. And it's just a fun, weird little film. Absolutely. Well, what looks like it's going to be very weird next week, rise of the zombie. Be sure to check that out again. Don't miss it. Or you, frankly, you probably can, but definitely don't miss the episode because we will talk all about it next week. Uh, but let's go around the horn. David, where can people find you online? People can find me on the internet under the username Davlas. That is D A V L U Z Twitter. Find me there. Very good. And what about you, Nicole? I shepherd our Facebook page at facebook.com slash movie go round podcast. You can reach us there if you want to reach out. Right on. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. We will see you tomorrow night, October 28th for the continuation of the movie ghoul round marathon here leading up to the final night of Halloween. A reminder, it is Lake Placid. We'll see you tomorrow. Afraid raising the dead ain't within my power. Will it be all right? Should I be afraid? Shh.